got to join with us today. Um, this morning, one of the things I wanted to share with you is this, this idea, this concept here, that um, context is everything. Uh, I grew up in Detroit and Chicago. And when I talk to my Detroit and Chicago friends and I tell them that I live on three acres of land, that I, have, uh, that I raise uh, tomatoes and peppers and zucchini and squash and cucumbers and raspberries, they look at me and they say, oh, you're a farmer. Now, if I come out here and I tell you that I do that, I live on three acres of land and I raise those things, you look at me and you say, oh, you've got an acreage. You wouldn't consider me a farmer, but they would. Uh, because context is everything. And I find the same thing is true when I talk to people when we talk about this idea that I'm a Christian. Because to different people, that means different things. To some people, that means I'm a good person. Or to some people, it means uh, I go to church. To others, well, you're not a Christian if you don't jump through the hoops that their religious system or their religious denomination requires of you. And so everybody kind of has this different context, this different idea, because context is everything. So I think it's important that when we come to an issue like that, we have an objective standard by which we can go by. And I believe the Bible should be our source for that. Um, it, uh, it's, it, it really comes down to what does God have to say. And, and I don't care what church you go to, I don't care what denomination you're from, chances are good you have a Bible in that religious system that you're in. And I would bet 95 to 90% of, 95% of the time, the verse that we're going to look at this morning is in the Bible of whatever system it is that you're a part of. So I want to challenge you this morning. Um, the passage I want to look at is found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And uh, this is a book that the Apostle Paul writes, and he writes to a group of people in, in a town called Ephesus. They were a, a group of Christians that Paul wants to encourage and, and, and help. And in chapter 2, verse 8, here's what Paul says. I'm going to read it in two versions so you have two different ideas. He said, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for that. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Uh, the King James, which many of you will be familiar with, says, By grace are you saved through faith. That not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Um, and I just want to break it down for a minute. Um, the first thing that Paul says to these people is, You are saved, you become a Christian by grace. Um... God said that's what salvation is based on. Um, now, we get a little confused sometimes with the idea of grace and mercy. And they're two very, very different things. Um, let's say I was on, this actually happened a number of years ago here. Um, I was on the way here, wasn't paying attention to how fast I was going. And I got pulled over by the town cop. And when he found out that I was a preacher heading to the service, he let me off. But that was mercy, okay? Uh, that, that is what we call mercy. Um, if he gives me a warning, that's mercy. But grace would have been this. Grace would have been, he wrote me the ticket, paid the ticket, then told me that not only was the ticket paid, but he'll make sure it doesn't go on my record, and then invite me to dinner. Now that's grace. Not only did he not give me what I deserved, but he gave me a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't deserve. 
And that's the difference. And when we talk about the idea that we are saved by grace, that's what we're saying. It's not just that God shows us mercy. He does far more than that. He gives us grace. He gives us not only what we don't deserve, but He gives us a whole bunch of things that we don't, that, that, that we don't deserve either. And, and He pours that out to us in an incredible life that we call the Christian life. But He goes on and He says, For by grace are you saved through faith. Um, and faith is one of those funny things. Some people see it as a, as a feeling thing. Some people think that it's, it's knowledge or it's like positive energy. Um, Faith involves an understanding. There's no question about it. But the real test of faith is a commitment. There's, there's got to be a choice made. If, if there's not a choice, if there's not a step where you're, you're putting all your confidence in that, it, it, it's not faith. Um, now, regardless of what you think about this, you've got to understand my background. My dad was an um, instructor for uh, pilots. And so when I was about 10, 11 years old, I grew up a lot at the airports. On weekends, my dad would go and he would give uh, lessons to pilots and to get them certified for their next certification. And so I hung out as a 10, 11, 12-year-old at a lot of airports. And I would sit in the lounge. And so, you know, after a while, you get bored as a 10, 11, 12-year-old. So what I started doing is when the uh, parachutists would jump and they'd land in the field, I would run out and, and, and meet them and help them gather up their parachute and help them carry it back. And so, as a little kid, I was surrounded by people telling me the stories of what that felt like as they came down. So for the time I was a little kid, I always wanted to skydive. I mean, I, and then I ended up getting married, and then we ended up having kids, and my wife just didn't like the idea at all. And so, finally, when my kids moved out of the house, <clears throat> For my 50th birthday, I told my wife, I said, it's on my bucket list, I'll, I'll, I'll want to go jump out of a plane. I said, I want, and my, wife, my thing with my wife was always, I've wanted to do this all my life. Well, that was really true in this case. But I, uh, so I, I set it up, we went up to Laverne, Minnesota, set up there, and, and I didn't want to do the tandem thing where you're like tied to somebody, I want to do it all on my own. So I want to do the static line jump. So I took a whole class, uh, we sat in class all morning, we practiced, we, we had to practice landing and all these kinds of things, and, and I passed all the tests. Uh, I passed all the written part. I passed all the skill tests. I was all ready to jump. Then the wind came up, and the wind, it got too windy to jump. And they said, you know, they said, wind conditions are bad. We, we, we just, our rule is we can't, insurance-wise, we can't jump at, at this uh, deal. So they said, uh, you guys have already done everything you needed to do. All you got to do is just show up at the airport. We'll get you on a plane you know, when the conditions are right and you can jump. So now here's a question. So we drove home that day. Now here's a question. Had I parachuted? I mean, I passed all the skills. I knew how to do it. I knew everything about it and everything else. But I hadn't jumped. I couldn't say I had parachuted at that point. Now, whether you think that stupidity or faith... Is, is your issue, okay? I understand that. But the next day, I was able to get back up to Laverne, Minnesota. And uh, plane got to 3,000 feet, and uh, static line jump. And what you have to do is you have to step out of the plane and let go. Now look, all of my knowledge, all of my experience, all of my skill, all of my test taking was put to the test at that moment. 
And you do one of two things. And they tell you, look, if you don't want to go, you don't have to go. But at that point, you have to make a choice. And your choice becomes when you step out of that plane, because there's no, it's not like you get a second thought, a chance after you're out. I mean, when you're out, you're out. Christianity is much the same way. You can know it all in your head. But unless you have put everything on the line for it, unless you have made that commitment to Jesus Christ, it's just head knowledge. It's just skill. It's just that. And when, when Paul looks at these people, he says, you are saved by grace through faith. You've got to make the commitment. And that's what he's saying. And then he goes on and he takes it to the next step and he says, it is a gift of God. This past year, I, this, this really came home to me um, in, in, in a very unique way. Because a gift is not something that you can work for. I, I don't care, you know, I, some of us, you know, we get gifts and then we, we do something to pay them back. You know, okay, you got me a gift, so I'll get you a gift. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a gift that is literally impossible for you to pay back. And um, for it to be truly, truly a gift, you don't pay it back. Um, this past year I had a very dear friend who made a very, very generous offer to me. And he offered me a motorcycle. Um, a very nice motorcycle. A nicer motorcycle than I could ever afford in my life. Now, here's the problem. It wasn't mine. Until I said yes. And the thing that stood between yes was my wife. <laughs> because I had had a motorcycle before, and my wife was not a big fan of motorcycles. And so I had to talk to my wife about the idea of look, you know, this is a this is a this is a gift. Because believe me, she would not let me spend any money on one. I'm just telling you that. Now she will, but not then. But um, and, and, the, and the guy, the person who gave it to me, he didn't want to be a problem in our marriage, so he knew there had to be like two yeses here, okay? You know, my yes and then her yes uh, with it. But, but, but here's the thing. The offer was there, but it wasn't mine until I said yes. The gift wasn't mine until I received it. The gift wasn't mine until I called him back and said, yeah, I, you know, I'll, I'll take that. And the crazy thing was, um, there's nothing I needed to do. I was delivered to me. I didn't need to do anything. When I went to register it, they looked at me and said, okay, we've got to figure out the taxes on this. Uh, how much did you pay for this? And I said, nothing. They said, you mean you paid like zero? I said, yes. And they went, okay. Then we put it down as a gift. And here's the thing. I couldn't earn it, I couldn't work for it, I couldn't pay the guy back for it, but I enjoy it, I treasure it, I take care of it, and I appreciate it. And it's a gift, but it was not mine until I said yes and put it in my name. Salvation is the same thing. Jesus Christ offers us an incredible gift called salvation. But just because he offers it doesn't mean it's ours. We have to accept it. And we have to accept it by grace, 
through faith, we receive this incredible gift called salvation. And you cannot, you cannot try to please God and earn it back or pay it back or anything else. All you can do is enjoy it, appreciate it, value it, and treasure it. Because it's an incredible gift. And then he ends it by saying this, not of works. You cannot, cannot work for it. And we have a lot of people that believe somehow we got this idea in religion that, you know, if you keep the Ten Commandments or if you keep like eight out of ten, you're going to heaven. Um, and we think for some reason in religion that the commandments are a way to, a way to please God. What, what people don't understand is the, the Ten Commandments were not given to Israel to establish a relationship with God. Israel already had a relationship with God. They had put their faith in God when they put the blood over the doorpost when they went out of Egypt. They had spent 40 days and God finally came to the people and said, Now, you've never been a nation before, you've never been a people, but I'm going to tell you how to live in a way that will help you be the kind of people that you should be. I'm giving it to you because of our relationship, not in order to have a relationship. And we have somehow twisted it to think that the Ten Commandments are a way to make God happy, and we can, as long as we do those, we can go and live and how, do however we want to live. And, and that's so far from the truth. Because God said, look, I gave you these because you're my people. Not in order to be my people. And that's why we as Christians try to live by the Bible. Not in order to, to keep our relationship with God, but because we have a relationship with God. And that becomes so important. The last thing is, he says this, not of works lest anyone should boast. You see, I started this thing out by saying context is everything. In Chicago, I'd be considered a farmer but not here. In this world, when you look at all of the evil and all of the horrible things that goes on, that go on, you might be, in that context, considered a good person. Now, the Bible says differently, but you might think that when you look at all of your friends and neighbors and everything else, that you're not as bad as them, so you're okay. Remember, I said context is everything. So here's my question. When you stand before a holy God who gave his son as a gift to pay for your sin, to take care of everything, but you have rejected that and you stand before God with your good works, surrounded by people who have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, how do you think that's going to measure up in context? It's funny because Jesus tells a story about that. And here's what he says. Matthew chapter 7, that's that chapter about judge not, lest you be judged, part of the Beatitudes. Here's what he says about uh, halfway through that chapter. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that does the will of my Father. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out demons? Have we not done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, 
I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. God actually looks at him and says, you know what? You think that it was all about keeping the law. But it wasn't. It was about putting your faith and trust in me. At, at our church, this is what we're all about. Because we want everyone to know how important this is. It's why Christ came. It's why he went to the cross. It's why he came out of the tomb. And it is so important to us that each person we have an opportunity to be around understands the need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. For by grace are you saved through faith. It is a gift of God. Not of works. So you can't boast about it. Context is everything. And it's our prayer and desire that everyone's listening this morning has placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. You'll not earn your way to heaven. The only way to God is through a faith, is by grace through faith in Christ. We want to help you do it. It's why we exist as a church. <clears throat> it's so important that on the back of your psalm sheet, we spell out what the Bible teaches about how to have that personal relationship. If you've got any questions, we'd love to talk to you. But it is the most important decision of your life. Because the reality of it is this. While we all sit here this morning, none of us is guaranteed to see tomorrow. Any day that we have, any breath that we get, any beat of our heart is a gift from God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that Paul made it so clear. And yet, Lord, so many times we make it so complicated. So, Lord, help us. Father, for those of us that have put our faith and trust in Christ, Lord, sometimes it's easy to try to run around to try to pay you back for what you have done. Where, Lord, the reality of it is we just simply need to enjoy it, appreciate it, and value it, and make our lives count. Lord, for those who maybe have heard this today for the first time, Lord, would they be honest with themselves and really seriously go home and spend some time thinking about the day that they will ultimately stand before you? So that, Lord, they will be able to hear, enter into my kingdom, and not depart from me. Lord, we thank you for this day. And uh, help us to make the best of it, and not to waste it. And we will give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. He says we ask in your name.